You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rithers. This is Rest and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We're going to any 5e books and talk about various rules and haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Rithwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Rithwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about ability scores. So this is obviously a very important part of Dungeons & Dragons that we have talked a little bit about in the past. But it's kind of important, so we definitely need to do a full episode on the topic. So, all that being said, Nathan, what are ability scores? Uh, ability scores? Yeah, like yes. scores for your abilities. And what are your abilities? <laughs> None. I don't What I don't are have the abilities. character abilities in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition? Alright, so, it's, it's, um, strength, dexterity, uh, two. uh charisma. Three. Wisdom. Four. Constitution. Uh, try that again. Constitution. There we go. Good boy. Five. I'm certain there's another one. There is. And it's ironic and hilarious. What is it? <laughs> Intelligence. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but the best part is that there's no way that Nathan did that on purpose, which just makes it even better. <laughs> It's just one of those things where there's a list of things that you should know, and then you start comping them off, and then you entirely forget one of them, right? And it but just the happens fact that, that the one you forget is intelligence. One, yeah. Which that is the stat you need to remember shit. <laughs> Which, uh, oh anyway. anyway. Yeah, that is correct. Strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. So... You have all of those abilities, but what is your ability score? Uh, depends on your roles. Oh, wait, no, Does fuck, it? I'm stupid. Okay, so ability score is... Is it the one, the plus thing, or is it the bigger number? Yes. Yes? The bigger number? So there's ability score, and then there's your ability score modifier. Oh, right. Which is, the, as you would put it, the little number. The little one. But let's try using some more words for the folks at home, Nathan. Right. Your ability score is, uh, uh, you, you fucking roll for it, okay? 
Oh, you, you, you point by. Yeah. Still incomplete, as is the Nathan way. <laughs> so, you still failed to actually explain what any of that actually means and have just wasted the last three minutes of people's time. Sorry, folks. Ability score is how good are you in those six categories? How strong are you? How dexterous, tough, you know, in wise, intelligence, and charismatic? So, yes, all people have some amount of those six things. However, determining such in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actually has a few options. So you actually did uh, name them scattered throughout that, but can you just rattle off the three main ways? So there's rolling, there's point by, and the standard set. Standard array, yes. Standard array, yeah. So... This is something that you and I actually have a fundamental difference of opinion on, but this is yet another of those situations where, yes, there are different answers, but there really isn't a wrong answer. As long as everyone at the table agrees with what method, or methods, plural even, everyone is using, then Wait, that's right, fine. Wait, right, Remy, I, I, I'm not sure, but what, what do you mean by that? What, what's this difference of opinion? Nathan is 100% point by all the way. Not yeah. just for Nathan as a player, but as a dungeon master, he made the choice that all characters in his world are created by point by. So with that in Yay. mind, Nathan, do you want to actually be the one to explain how point by works? No, I have no idea how it works. I just use it because it's there. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, one convenience of D&D Beyond and many other such 5th edition character building programs is the fact that it does all of the math for you. So you can just click up, 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 up. Oh, I guess that's as high as it goes. Okay. Up, 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 up. Okay, I guess that's as high as it goes. Up, 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 up. Oh, I guess that's as high as it goes. Oh, I'm out. Damn. <laughs> but... That is exactly what I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, Point By gives you 27 points that you're able to put into your ability scores in order to boost the stats that you want to have for the character that you want to play. However, all stats start at a baseline of 8. And the cost to increase a stat increases as you put more points into it. So the way that ability score modifier works is that every two points above 10 that you have in an ability score gives you a plus one modifier. And then every two point up to two points below is negative. So if you have 10, you have a zero in a plus zero to whatever your role is. If you have an 11, it's still an odd number, so it's still plus zero. 12 gives you plus one in that score. So if you have something like a 12 charisma, then that would mean you would have plus one to any roles using charisma. So even if you're not trained in a persuasion check, you'd still potentially roll at a plus one. And then that just keeps going. 13, still plus one. 14, plus two. So at that point, it costs two additional it to cost two points for your point buy to go from 13 to 14. And then again, from 14 to 15, still plus two. But then 15 to 16, you can't. Because the fifth edition rules as written is that you can only increase a stat up to 15. I personally 
hate that rule, and I'll rant a little bit more about that in depth later when we get to the homebrew side of things, but by rules as written, point and buy is only able to increase a stat to 15, and only able to go down to 8, which would give a negative 1. So, with that being said, though, what are the pros of using point by, Nathan? Everyone is uh, given some flexibility in which they can place their points where they want to. They can go min-max. They can. Uh, it's more or less the big thing for me. It's more or less fixed. So um, it doesn't matter. Uh, but all characters are made more or less equal. Yeah, because everyone has those same twenty-seven points. They might choose to like have two very high and then four okay. They might choose to have two very high, two pretty good, and two garbage. And that's fine. But everyone has those same 27 points to tweak stats how they want to. So can you tell me any of the negatives of point buy? Okay, so the main negatives of point buy is that you you don't get anything special. Um... And everything, as I said before, is pretty standardized in which there's no outliers. You will not be particular great or terrible at anything. And sometimes yeah. you want to have that a little risk to be more I special. I mean, uh, realistically speaking, as a dungeon master, you could do the thing where you just uh, adjust the points. The big issue is that, like, most calculators... Yeah, I, you're I, skipping I ahead, that's homebrew. Get there, we'll get there. <laughs> All the time, I say we'll get to something later, and then you immediately bring the thing up now. <laughs> anyway, so there's honestly what I would say is a bigger issue, which I'm surprised you didn't bring up right away. It's complicated as shit. Trying to keep track of all of those points if you're not using a calculator is a pain in the ass and real easy to, you know, lose or gain a number that you shouldn't here and there. So using something like D&D Beyond Calculator, or there are just free online calculators as well, like often with like homebrew options that you can just click on and off. And those are great. So if you're going to use point buy, don't do it on paper yourself trying to do the math. Do it on an online calculator and then write it down if you want to do paper. But yeah, don't try calculating it. It is. A, I like numbers, and I think that that's not worth the trouble. Oh, God. That, that means it must be terrible, guys. <laughs> terrible. It's just so much faster if you can just click up, 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 down, up, 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 down. I agree. It, it's a lot easier than trying to actually calculate and keep track of fucking 27 points. But anyway, so one other downside is the fact that everyone has that same amount of power. So there aren't, you know, truly exceptional individuals based on ability scores, you know, nor people that, you know, never should be adventurers. However, something else that I think that Nathan does is the fact that everyone has 27 points. PCs, NPCs, everyone. Nathan generally doesn't seem to do the uh, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 commoner, but... That's just an interesting choice. I won't, for once, actually say that he's wrong to his face. I will simply say, hmm, that is a unique choice. Okay. But anyway. Oh, thanks, Remy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> when, you're, when I think you're wrong, I tell you. And I'm not doing that this time. Yay. Loudly. 
Anyway, besides point buy, the next is the standard array. So this is the easiest option. However, this is even more lack of control than point buy can be, which is like in terms of limitations, that is, where this is a flat 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, 8. Those are the numbers. And it's just up to you to just put them where you want them to be. Now, Nathan, can you name or a flaw that these two have in common with one another? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Both of these have a minimum of 8 and a maximum of 15. So, is there something that will affect these ability score numbers? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really confused. <laughs> okay. After you have the numbers from whatever source you get them from, you then add your racial ability score bonus. Right. So every single race in Dungeons and Dragons has a modifier to add on to certain stats. Like tieflings, for example, are generally charismatic and intelligent. So they will gain plus two to charisma and plus one to intelligence. However, many races also have variant options or just many, many options from the various books that have come out since then that are able to have different numbers. So again, like there's a feral tiefling that is a more like melee focus that actually gets a dexterity bonus instead of charisma. So and many, many other things. Dwarves, for example, actually have quite a few options. Just most commonly, you've got the Mountain Dwarf, which is one of the only races in the game, actually it might well be the only one, that has a plus two to strength and a plus two to constitution. So most races are plus one and plus two, so it's a three-point total, but then Mountain Dwarves, and I want to say Mountain Dwarves alone, have a total of four points added on. And again, those get added on to whatever. So let's say you do have a 15, you know, maxed out point by, you can boost that to a 17, which is really fucking good. But again, now this is the downside, big downside to me, when you do have point by or standard array, is the fact that you max out at 17. You cannot get that 18 to get that plus four modifier, or, you know, God forbid, the best possible scenario if you're able to have a 20 level one starting. So with that in mind, that takes us to rolling for your ability scores. Nathan, how does that work? So um, you take, I think it was 3d6, and then you roll uh -huh. them 4d6. Uh-huh. And you roll them six uh -huh. times. And then you pick where to put the numbers. You, you kind of skipped an important step. What? Well, if you roll four six-sided dice, oh, right. that gives you, you an ability score of four one. to twenty-four. <laughs> so to say that again, because Nathan did not, right? When you roll four six-sided dice, so the normal cube dice that you use in most board games, roll four six-sided dice and keep the highest three. So it's usually called forty-six keep three or forty-six drop one. So you drop the lowest die and keep the highest three. So let's say then that you roll something like six, four, five, two. You drop the two and then have an, a rolled ability score of 15. So numerically, what is the risk reward here, Nathan? Um, you, you get better rolls. 
you hope for better rolls. That is the plus. But on the other hand, you can get really shit rolls for everything. But you can get really shit rolls because you can have a higher high, but also much lower lows. So it is possible then, because you're rolling three six-sided dice, you will have a number between three and 18. So you have considerably higher chances like to have an ability score below eight, as in there is any chance in this method to have an ability score below eight, but you have that chance to have a natural ability score of 18, which then might add an ability score racial bonus. So if you then had, let's say, a tiefling warlock with a rolled 18 stats, then that adds that plus two racial bonus to get a 20, the maximum number usually possible for mortals without significant <laughs> just interaction from something else. Yeah, so it is theoretically possible to have an 18 and then with race 20 ability score. Fun fact, tonight actually, by sheer coincidence, I saw this happen. So I am actually in the process of starting up a new campaign right now. So we had our session zero today, actually. So we rolled ability scores for the people in my group. And uh, yeah, the barbarian in our party had absolutely ridiculous luck and rolled 666 for a starting 18. And if you consider a dwarven racial bonus added on top of that, that 18 becomes a level 20 constitution at level one which is hilarious and kind of insane but i have seen the proof with mine own eyes that such does happen however that same person has a seven intelligence as someone who played a barbarian with six intelligence back when i was playing morris on riftwake we have some fun with that but it is something that can be a little bit harder to play once you get into the really low ability scores. And part of that is that a lot of people struggle when it comes to actually understanding the six abilities and what they actually mean. So we're actually going to be talking about that in more depth in Thursday's episode. So in terms of the ability scores themselves, though, those are the three methods that are in the Dungeon Master's Guide or actually, excuse me, in the player's handbook, actually, which is the fact that you can do point by, standard array, or rolling ability scores. Nathan, I am curious, do you know if there are any other rules as written rules to talk about before we go into the homebrew side? Nope. No, no rules. Nothing. Very hard rule. What? <laughs> uh-huh. You never I actually read through Tasha's, have you? I have the book. Doesn't that mean is not I've the question it. that I asked. I specifically <laughs> asked if you've read it. Uh, no, I, I have not. Unfortunately, I haven't have right. had the uh, the uh, the uh, fortune to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. 
Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one very interesting just fact of Tasha's Cauldron of Everything in general is the fact that pretty much the whole theme of that book is customization. So there is a very important section in character options in that book regarding ability score increases. Whatever D&D race you choose for your character, you get a trait called Ability Score Increased. This reflects an archetypal bit of excellence in the adventures in, of this kind in D&D's past. For example, if you're a dwarf, your constitution increases by two because dwarf heroes in D&D are often exceptionally tough. This doesn't apply to every dwarf, just to dwarf adventures, and it exists to reinforce an archetype. The reinforcement is appropriate if you want to lean into the archetype, but it's unhelpful if your character doesn't conform to the archetype. If you'd like your character to follow their own path, you may ignore the ability score increase trait and assign ability score increases tailored to your character. Take any ability score increase you gain in your race or subrace and apply it to an ability score of your choice. If you gain more than one increase, you can't apply them to the same ability score, and you still can't increase the score above 20. Damn. I'm curious. Can you name two races that become much more interesting all of a sudden using this rule? Remy, I, I think uh, all races are equal. They're, they're, they are very exactly the same. <laughs> I, well, I, I see no difference. By the numbers, that's not true. Most races, like I said earlier, are plus two to some score and plus one to something else. <laughs> Mountain Dwarves, specifically, I mentioned them earlier. That was a hint to you as foreshadowing if you were paying attention. Mountain Dwarves are plus two strength and plus two constitution. So do right. you realize what this would allow Mountain Dwarf characters to do? Pretty cool stuff. Anything the fuck they want. If you want to have a Mountain Dwarf Warlock, you can keep the plus two constitution and change the plus two to charisma. If you want to do anything, Mountain Dwarf is suddenly a much stronger contender if you do use this rule in your world. Which again, DM always has the choice to not use certain rules, but this is a rule as written that now exists. Now, the other race would be half-elf. Do you remember anything funky about a half-elf's ability scores? Uh, no, don't ask me, Remy. I can't remember shit about but races. It's funny, and I will ask you everything. <laughs> okay, um, so, the half-elf, they're like humans and elves at the same time, so they're, they're intelligent and charismatic. Whoa. Well, maybe. So half-elves are unique in that they have a plus two to charisma. 
but they also have a plus one to two other ability scores. So much like the Mountain Dwarf, they have four racial ability score points that they get to add into things. Dwarf, though, plus two, plus two. Half-elf, plus two, plus one, plus one. So, yeah. <laughs> Half-elves, very good. Mountain Dwarves, also very good. But, again, I love this rule for all characters. Because this means, if I have a character that wants to be a minotaur rogue, you can do that. You can just have just a very nimble minotaur. Sure, why not? They're, I guess they're not all going to be just massively, you know, hulking, huge, muscly things. Like, you can have more variations to exist in your world. And I love that flexibility when using this rule. So I do highly suggest making use of it. But of course, UDMs have the final call in such matters. So that's the rules as written. Now let's talk about some homebrew, Nathan. So let's just kind of go back down the same list again. So starting with point by, how can you homebrew to tweak how that works? Point by, okay, I would say um, you can always tweak the number you have for the total. So let's say you want to be more high power, like give more points, uh, you know, do that. Have a, uh, um, I do feel the need to clarify one aspect of that, Nathan. Yeah. Your DM can tell you that you have more starting points, or you can agree that you have more starting points. I don't recommend just building a character with more points and taking it as a yeah, fair comply that, that you is, can. Um, <laughs> that is not okay. I'm building a 58-point character. <laughs> he, he's, he's the best at everything. He, he, he has can. proficiency at all skills. He has the boon of skills he at has level the one. biggest cock. Because fuck you. <laughs> that, that, there's a stat for that now. I, I put points in that. Because I have so many points. I could put it yeah. in that. Everything's at 20. I need another <laughs> ability to put points in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I made my hands roly roly textured. Um, yeah, so one problem with that, even if you do go lots and lots of points, you'd still max out at 15s across the board by rules right. as written. So yeah, and obviously you, can, you can change the limits, so be like, you can go even further. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so technically, if you wanted ones. to invest all your points to get a stat all the way up to, you know, that 18, and then get, you know, get your 20 with your racial bonus... Like, I personally think that if you still have the same number of points especially, you can keep the points but change the limits also. And you can also open up the other way of being willing to lower ability scores in exchange for having more points. Because by rolling, you can get down as far as three. And if you were willing to, you know, drastically reduce one of your character's stats, that could actually be a kind of interesting result to me. Because imagine if you do, like, have a character make an active choice, like, to make a crazy constitution dump stat. If they were willing to just lower their constitution score to six, and just to get those extra points, I would be perfectly willing to let someone do something like that, just to see what happens. That is absolutely worth the trade-off of them having more points in their good skill. Because, again, having a cost-benefit to doing that, I am 100% okay with. So 
yes, you can add more points for having stronger characters. You can have less points. Like you can have like maybe your commoners only have 15 ability score points. So they might be like okay at a thing. Like maybe you do have like, you know, a particularly strong laborer at the docks, you know, or a particularly, you know, tough guy on a farm. You might choose to do that and to give like a little bit more flavor to your commoners than just tens across the board, which I despise. Whoa. There's some <laughs> strong so language from Remy. <laughs> just I despise is like, whoa. <laughs> it's saying that all people are the same. And I'm a nerd playing Dungeons and Dragons. Remy, that is explicitly what I'm trying same. to get away from. You, you know, we're all the same, Remy. You should, you should be more like uh, your your brother. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that. I know that my brother's a better human being than I am. Okay, it's like, time to reset everyone. Need <laughs> the sad time, everyone. Um, let's take a moment to be sad. Okay, yeah. the moment's long enough. Let's continue. <laughs> Successful career, happily married, intelligent, good with people. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Uh, the sad moment's going a bit too long, Remy. I'm going to have to cut this out. It goes any further. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to cut it out. Uh, I was listening to old episodes, and it's hilarious how many times I say cut this out, and you just do not. Uh, anyway. So yeah, point by has a massive amount of flexibility to it. And doing that is actually something that I like because having the ability to increase it, just to have the option to put so many points trying to get that one high ability or just to not have so many odd numbers because just my particular, you know, not really OCD, but I do like things in very particular ways. I just hate odd numbered ability scores because it just feels like wasted points because it's not giving me that point modifier if i have two odd numbers oh i just hate that so well, having i get 15, it right really well, i get yeah, it but then but when you have still, when you think about but it especially for but for a character who's particularly good at a thing right. they max out their point by at 15 by rules as written and then they have that plus two racial to get have a 17 and that's as high as they can get unless they use one of the, you know, 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, 19th level ability score improvements for just getting rid of that odd number. And I hate forcing the use of that and not letting them have a feat because I like feats. Right. A lot of them are really cool and fun. Yeah. Feet are so, very cool. So then that leaves a question. If you have a 17, do you take a point away to just have the 16? And then invest the other points elsewhere, or do you keep the 17 planning to spend the ability score improvement later? So for levels and levels, you'll just have that 17 just staring at you, or you'll have a 16 and just have, you know, a more balanced stats potentially. But instead to just give the option to just spend a couple more points to just make that into an 18, it's just more satisfying for me just it just feels better i'll be honest it's that simple uh, just hearing Remy it's just, just like, more orderly it, it's to the better, world okay yeah like you're pointing at the whiteboard it's like it's better okay let me have and me. i just circle it a bunch of times and underline it angrily like this is mine i mean don't, don't, yeah I don't mean, tell me I, I can't do this 
damn it. I am 100% biased in a number of things related to Dungeons and Dragons. I have tried to be very open about this fact and usually will explicitly say so when I say such things. This is one of those times. One of those times. So I do personally suggest having the option to do more with your points, high and low. And fun fact, uh, most of the more common uh tools for the sake of point by can keep track of this so if you are using like some of the common like if you just google 5e point by calculator the top result is generally one that will say like change limits and then you can just set e y yes okay it will be you know four points to make something you know into an 18 if you are just going just pure point by that way like to ha- be able to do that easily is there so you don't have to do math I, I must reiterate this. This is complicated. It is annoying. Calculators do the math for you, and they're free. Yeah. Internet. You're not so, an elementary school student. You can use a calculator. Array. Is there anything that you can homebrew to change the standard array? Change the numbers of the standard array. Whoa. Yeah, you can do that. Like you can just say, you can. this is the standard array, or you can even just say, you can choose between one of these, you know, three arrays, if you just want to just have that handy, like in your D&D Ooh, notebook, if you have. That's pretty cool. Ooh, you should talk about D&D notebook one day. And to D&D the list. D&D notebook? Yes. Are you, are you thinking of what I'm thinking? Probably not. But merch. <laughs> I was correct. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, no, I'm actually writing it on the list right now. Oh, okay, good. There we go. It's on the list. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do, right. I, do that now before I forgot. There's, that happened so many times. <sighs> anyway, so yes, you can tweak the standard array to have a couple of options available, and that just can be a handy thing as well. Now, rolling. This is where things can get a little bit complicated as well, just in terms of quantity of options. Technically speaking. There's nothing that says you can't change what dice you roll. Something that a lot of people have done in the past is to only roll a flat 3d6. And whatever you roll, you roll. So instead oh of having the better odds with that fourth d6 and just dropping a low number, to only roll the flat 3d6, it is a pure source of ability scores to certain people. And, you know, by the numbers, well, yes, it obviously is. By doing the 4d6 version, Mate. then that is better odds to have better stats for your characters. Remy, can you imagine playing like Curse of Strahd or something like that with, with that uh, rule set? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's likely to be a blender. It's just like, oh, um, so I rolled a three of my stats are trees. Um, this is uh, unfortunate. <laughs> uh-huh. So... I don't want to acknowledge it, but you did say it, to roll a d20 for your stat. Yeah. Uh, why might that be a good or bad thing? Oh, because you can get a 1. <laughs> uh-huh. But the cool thing is you can get a 20. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gambling is fun. <laughs> well, as I... S- repeatedly say dungeon masters have the power to accept such a thing i cannot give that one my recommendation (laughs) you could choose to do it i wouldn't your players will curse you and praise you depending on the result 
Ah, yay. So, out of curiosity also, mm -hmm. can you think of other dice that might make for interesting stats? Um, I mean, the one I see quite often is you roll for these for these six, and then you keep all of them. Oh, jeez. Okay, just have a stat from 4 to 24? Yeah. Well, that is one way to have very powerful characters, so potentially possible. So another thing that people sometimes do for the sake of a more powerful character is to do 5d6, drop 3, drop 2, excuse me. So to, yeah, 5d6, drop 2, to have even better odds of having good stats. So if you still have something below 8, that truly is terrible luck. Although, that is another thing that some DMs are willing to change, is the idea that if you have multiple ability scores below 8, there are some DMs who will choose to be generous and just say, okay, you have to keep one of those bad ability scores, but I will allow you to re-roll one of the others. Just to have a little more chance of survivability out there in the world, or just... Yeah, if you've got a character who has two sixes, that could be rather unfortunate. However, for some D&D players, that might be an interesting challenge. So there is not a hard and fast rule or even recommendation on this point. But if this is something that you see as troublesome or problematic for the player who has this character, like if it has such bad roles that the character might be unplayable, then yes, you don't have to be a dick and can always, even arbitrarily, just decide in a very specific instance to just change the rule to just make a character that is able to be played. In summary, there are many ways to figure out what a character's ability scores are, but whether you use rules as written, uh, point by, standard array, or rolled stats, or whether you use a homebrew variation thereof, any version that players and the Dungeon Master agree on is the correct one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.